could do a late night joke off coming up. Uh, late night comedians taking on the Cohen tapes, of course. That's a you know hot property. Um, I'll hit you with that. I hear late night joke off, and I get a feeling not of delight but of dread. <laughs> I think if uh, if ever <laughs> if ever the next time all three are completely unfunny, they gotta discuss canceling it. Although that is its own thing. Yeah. I mean, that's it's worth pointing out. It yeah. occurs to me. Uh, also, I'll hit you with that diet information only because there is uh, some consensus among a number of studies that have been done uh, about this whole um, cutting off your eating earlier in the day than a lot of us do. Yeah. Grazing from when you wake up until you go to sleep, they say, is not the way we're designed. But it's what a lot of people do. Yeah. It's not the way I grew up either. We ate dinner, and then I don't think anybody ate anything else after that, ever. Mm-mm. No. Just nope. didn't, it wouldn't even occur to anybody. You know, I don't either. But I do like to sip on my wine. Mm. That's the that's the hang-up. I can stop eating after dinner, no problem. But it's the wine. <laughs> and the... My nemesis. How many, how many calories in a glass of wine? Uh, you know, Your like a, glass of wine, what, not the restaurant glass of wine. The glass of wine you're drinking. I actually pour very uh, very reasonable pours because of the and calories. you have it's eight my, of them? Yes. <laughs> there's, uh, it's about 125 calories typically for like a five-ounce, uh, okay. four or five-ounce glass of wine. That's not Which huge. is not a big glass of wine. But no, but if you have three of them. Sure. Then you've had a Snickers bar. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially, every night. Before you know it, your pants are kind of tight. <laughs> so coming up uh, why do i have so many chins <laughs> that's our Come, fat guy voice oh boy coming up uh what people actually care about according to a major poll first though perhaps you remember yesterday's big story the uh the michael cohen tape he's don't recall that he's chatting with the current president uh, then real estate mogul donald j trump vaguely and in code about something or other involving paying somebody or other and we're supposed to be all agitated about this and excited even though to me it's a giant nothing burger bread sandwich and air taco as i described it yesterday air taco but that one really offends me for some reason <laughs> It sounds like something dirty, doesn't it? Um, My wife made tacos last night and burnt the shells, and she was so unhappy with herself. She got such a standard for things are burnt. I say it's not burnt. It's slightly brown. Who cares? Can't eat it. My my mom used to call it. It's cowboy brown. Yeah, cowboy brown. I like that term. I'm going to start using that. Teach her that. So uh, anyway, uh, if you're not up on the story, you're not up on it. But uh, very, very few commentators... On any channel, including the Trump hating channels, were able to really put their finger on anything serious or significant about it. Vague allegations of it might lead to the campaign finance law violations, which are less serious now than giving out a soda straw in Santa Monica, as it turns out. Uh, but Judge Andrew Napolitano on the Fox News. He disagreed. There doesn't appear to be the indication of any crime, but I think that's the wrong analysis. There is an indication of a fraud, and the significance of that is if the client and the lawyer discuss the commission of a crime or discuss the commission of a fraud, there is no attorney-client privilege in that conversation, meaning the tape can be used by anybody who can get their hands on it for any purposes. Which it's, would include? Which would include Bob uh, Mueller? M- McDougal if she's suing the president, which would include Bob Mueller if he's investigating the president. Now, what's the fraud? The conversation is about paying 
uh, national, it's about paying National Enquirer to pay McDougal $150,000 to buy her story and to lead her to believe that the National Enquirer is going to publish her story. But the real uh, aim here is to bury the story by duping her into selling it to them and then not publishing it. That That's the nefarious fraud? Buying her story, then burying it when she thought you were buying it to publish it. Boy, I don't know. That's Alan, a stretch. Alan Dershowitz's belief on that is just, you know, buying the story is just a transaction. Just, right. I'll, I'll buy this car from you. I can drive it or not drive it. I can crush it. I can sell it to someone oh, no, else. No, no, I can no, do whatever no. I you want. You bought it telling me that you're buying it to drive it. And then the not printing it is part of free speech. You get to print or not print whatever you want. If the If it was being funneled directly through... The Enquirer as the middleman, right? She didn't know that the money was actually coming from Trump because she wouldn't have sold it to Trump, hmm. right? Is that kind uh, of the I, the, the... I don't know. What The most interesting thing to me is I've heard 25 different lawyers speak about this, and there are 25 different opinions, and that's the first time I've heard anybody bring that one up. That's just weird to me that, you know, yes. you can have that many lawyers... Yeah. That, and that's the only time I've heard this particular angle, which might be right or wrong. I have no idea. But. Well, these will be my final words on the topic, unless I utter more. I am a man who enjoys a wager. I would be more than willing to bet anybody this turns into nothing. Legally speaking. This tape, right. So the official, I was trying to think of what our f- official. Well, and, and I don't think it'll be anything politically our speaking Our official either, show position on this. Yes. Would be, <laughs> as we were talking about this yesterday, because Sean thinks it's going to be politically damaging. I don't have any idea. I could be if Sean actually has more belief in the American people than apparently I do. Naive idiot. <laughs> um, I maybe I'm way too cynical. So maybe it will be political damning. I don't think it's going to have any uh, legal significance. And then whether or not it's going to have an effect on the politics of it, I don't know. I'm still up on the air on. I guess there could be lots of people out there that are shocked that that because. It turned for Nixon when the tapes came out. There are lots of people that still believed Richard Nixon when he was up there saying, I'm not a crook, until they heard tapes of him sounding like a crook. Oh, my God, he is a crook. and in detail, not incredibly vague references to, we got to finance it. Why finance? How about a check? Okay, cash. So you don't mm. think mm. Um, uh, an evangelical grandma in Iowa is going to hear this tape and think, oh, my God, he does sleep around. I suppose those folks are out there. I don't, I don't know. think there are many of them. I don't know but what I could be wrong. There was one other angle I'd never heard yesterday. A lawyer saying if the National Enquirer had an agreement with Trump, which there is um there is evidence of. Uh there's uh there's an email from the guy who runs it, Mr. Pecker. David Pecker, who's well, that's his nickname. His real name is David Penis. There's <laughs> there's an email Hilarious. from Thank you, Michael. him to somebody that don't run any anti Trump stuff from here on out. Ah. And uh, well, wow, that could affect the uh, reputation of the National Enquirer. And the argument being that if a if a newspaper has that stance about a political candidate, then they are part of the campaign and then they are subject to various campaign violations. Blah, blah, blah. Mm. But to me, that ignores all of U.S. history, most of U.S. history, when our newspapers used to be way more partisan than they are now. You right. are just firmly for one side or the other, starting with George Washington and Thomas Jefferson and John Adams. Those newspapers were completely in the bag for one candidate or the other. But was it a coordinated baggedness? It's like the uh, the mostly phony, the political action committees can't coordinate with the campaigns thing. Well, that's cutting it pretty thin. Well, yeah. William Randolph Hearst, I mean, he was absolutely an activist one direction or the other. 
with his with his news outlets, and that was okay. Um, right. It, well, it's okay for Fox to be what they are and MSNBC to be what they are. Are they are they part of a campaign? Then is it different if they are bankrolled by the by the candidate? Right. If I don't part know. of the agreement was I will help you buy these stories to bury them. Hmm. Uh, that would certainly know. be uh, grounds for campaign finance violations and that sort of thing. But again, that's. Those are minor crimes. They are rarely enforced. I don't think that would change a vote. No. I don't think that would change a vote. Uh, Anyway, again, I I predict this ends up being a nothing burger. We'll see. With with, uh, non-existent cheese. But we will see. Mm -hmm. Like everything else. So coming up, you got the list of things people actually care about? Yeah. Yep. Big giant poll. Wall Street Journal. The latest, I don't know if this is uh, the latest craze indicting. It's always good to know what the latest craze is, if everybody else is doing it. You want to be in the know. Oh, yeah, I'm doing that, too, the next cocktail party or whatever. No, I don't. I'm not that person at all. In fact, I hate that person. Why are you talking to people we hate? No, you've got a goatee, and you're uh, you're eating avocado on your toast, and you want to know what the latest diet is. I actually do that. Uh, well, it's not only the latest, but it appears to be a pretty solid uh, science paper. Yeah, 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 yeah. Also, uh, as part of the poll, back to the poll. What poll? The poll I talked about. Okay. Uh, the uh, Are you satisfied or dissatisfied with the, uh, the trajectory of the country? The numbers currently will shock you. Okay. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. Trying to figure out what y'all care about is kind of what we do for a living. Yeah. Uh And then trying to intersperse, uh, you know, things that are amusing in between, I guess, so you don't go crazy, because I don't know about you, but I can't concentrate on all the things I care about and do nothing but that all day long, or I'll go nutso. Yeah, I'm in it for me. I make the jokes to keep myself from going crazy. So, uh, listen here. I tell you what, a little self-congratulations, first of all, in looking at, uh, I have quite a few polls in front of me. uh, What polls? The ones I have in front of me. Says who? Says me. Mm. Okay. Uh, where was I? Oh, uh, we're a hell of a lot closer to to the American people than the mainstream media is. I mean, you'd get the idea. It's wildly distorted. Wildly. What the denizens of the Manhattan newsrooms of America seem to think you care about or think you ought to care about. There are a number of different polls. They conflict with each other somewhat, partly because, for instance, this uh, big Wall Street Journal poll that's getting a fair amount of attention is of adults. I have a poll here of uh, Morning Consult, which is a giant poll of registered voters. Mm, and, uh, <clears throat> boy, that's interesting that there's a difference between registered voters and all adults. And then Gallup um, has somewhat different results than both of them. But I'll hit them for you real quickly. If you're talking about all adults, it was interesting. The Wall Street Journal, probably because it's the Wall Street Journal, asked, do you think uh, your main thing is economic problems or non-economic problems? What is the most important problem facing this country today? Facing I'm, the country, okay, right. not me, the right. country. 
Uh, right. But I, I'm a nitpicker. This is a fallacy. This is less helpful than it would be to say, do you consider these this issue extremely or quite important? The fallacy is that there must be one top one. That's crazy to me. That's like you got to pick cancer or heart disease and try to avoid one of them. That's crazy. Human beings don't do that. Companies don't do that. It just... So that bothers me a little bit. I'm but. mostly concerned about being impaled by a beach umbrella. <laughs> um, so uh, 14% said economic problems. 81% of adults in the Wall Street Journal said That's uh, non-economic I would, problems. I would not say the biggest problem facing this country is economic problems, I don't think. I don't know. Do I, am I given a list to choose from? Yes, in, indeed. If you picked economic problems, they give you a sub-list to choose. The economy in general, unemployment jobs, federal budget deficit, foreign trade. That's Unemployment's in order of, the lowest it's been in 50 years. <laughs> I don't understand. Well, only the 2% say, say that's the number. Ever. Only 2% say that's number one. So it's interesting. The, the Wall Street Journal, all adults, it's only 14% say economics. Uh, 81% said non-economic problems. The number one, and this has surged from 8%. In January to 22% now say immigration slash illegal aliens. Hmm. Now, the, the person who passed this poll along to us or sent the link um, seemed to think that people were finally waking up to the scourge, the danger of being flooded by illegal aliens. I would submit to you that at least some of these people are, are, are mad about the way we're treating those poor families on the border. Oh, gotcha. So, you know, it's like the whole, the country's, uh, you know, 66% of people say the country's heading in the wrong direction. You're damn right, President Obama sucks. Except half of those people think we're not liberal enough yet. So, you know, right to interpret these results. So some of the people who put immigration high in the list think cracking down on it is bad. Right. Okay, I get it. Yeah, so it's tough to interpret some of this. But uh, immigration slash illegal aliens, dissatisfaction with government slash poor leadership. Um, that's actually down from January, from 25 to 19. Race relations slash racism, 7%. And then you get into really small numbers. But again, they ask people to pick one thing. I'd like to see a poll like just on a given day. What's the number one concern for you today? Personally? Yeah. Politically? Well, just, just in general. What's oh, your number general, one yeah. concern? What's at the top of your list? Because the top of my list is almost never something national. What Maybe are, it's just my life and about? household, but... Right. What are you thinking about? Yeah, that that would be interesting. Uh, by the by, just a quick note, uh, are you satisfied or dissatisfied with the direction things are going in the United States at this time? 35% satisfied, 62% dissatisfied. 35-62. Listen to this here. I just scanned the list, uh, threw a couple of highlights down. In August of 2011, it was 11% satisfied, 88% dissatisfied. What was going on in 2011? The secret police were rounding up anybody with an L in their name and torturing them. Do you remember that? 11% satisfied in 2011. What was going on? Well, that was no December of 2008, which was, you know, crash time. Well, that I get. That was 10 to 88. I get that one. That was the world almost came apart in 2008. Right, right. But what was going on in 2011? Is that when Justin Timberlake bared Janet Jackson's nipple? I don't think so. Is that what had us all down? No, that was that was <laughs> <laughs> that was a national crisis. How about back in ni- uh, March of 1986? It was, uh, I'm sorry, June of 86. It was 69 positive, 22, 26 dissatisfied. 69 to 26 positive. God, 86 was a good time. I was having a hell of a good time in 86. I promise you that. I'd have said things are great. 86. <laughs> 
Late in the year, I was doing well. Early in the year, I wasn't. Really? Yeah. Transitional year. I switched girlfriends. Wait a second. Middle middle of 86. June 9th. Made a big difference in my life. (laughs) June 9th to 16th of 1986 is the very week I got married. Wow. To the beautiful Judith. Hell yeah, I'd say things are going in a great direction. I was Turns out I was right. You were five, so how was it for you? I was fine. (laughs) You finally mastered the fork, tying your shoes, etc., uh, so anyway, it's kind of fun to look at this. Uh, but so time. that that satisfied with the country or not? That's weird. Have we just changed as a people or something? Two thirds of people are satisfied now. No, one third. One third. Yes. Two thirds are dissatisfied. Yes, but still way higher than. I meant to say, there's no reason we wouldn't be dissatisfied. <laughs> anyway, 2011. Well, it varies wildly. Apparently, yeah, yeah. It's been pretty consistent in the. 20s and 30s now for several years, mostly 20s, going back to 2012 when when Barrick was uh, getting ready for a second term. If you were asked in general throughout your life, is the country heading in the right direction or the wrong direction, what would your answer normally be? For me, it would normally be we're going in the wrong direction. Yes. Yeah, I think but maybe I'm just a trend. Maybe are. I'm just a pessimist. Maybe you're just bitchy. <laughs> There's never been a time when it's headed in the right direction. All right, real quick. This is among yeah, that's voters. That's a good question. Among, <laughs> from, uh, you know what? July 4th, 1776 was a hell of a good day. Since then, downhill. <laughs> um, so here are your top policy issues among all voters. All Americans' economic issues is on the top of the poll. Then it's security issues. Uh, 27% say economic issues in general. This is obviously very broad. Security issues, 21. Health care issues, 17%. I'd have thought that was uh, would be higher. Uh, seniors' issues, 16%. Why is that? Because seniors disproportionately register and vote. Uh, education issues, 7%. Other, 5%. Women's issues, 4%. 4%. So that whole women's health care... Right. Supreme Court nominee, all that sort of stuff that ranks way down at the bottom. Now they break it down among Democrats, independents, and Republicans. I'll go to the women's issues thing. It's six percent of Democrats. Wow. Even among Democrats, it's only six percent of the top concern. Your number one mainstream media overblowing because they know it's a divisive issue. Wow. But people don't think about it day to day. Um, Economic issues is everybody but Republicans, and among Republicans, that's edged out by security issues. Hmm. Um, I don't have. I don't worry about security much. Healthcare is, is second to fourth place among everybody. That should be higher for everyone. It, it really should be. I don't think people are anywhere close to fully aware of how involved the government is and how badly in healthcare. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, President Trump lashing out at shadow banning. We got an update on the Oregon student suspended for wearing that pro Trump wall shirt. And which digital assistant is the smartest? Whether it's Siri or Alexa or whoever. Gotcha. Stay tuned for Marshall's News coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. So I promise I'll get to that um, sort of becoming uh, the latest consensus about dieting, although they've come to a lot of consensuses about dieting in my lifetime and then changed their minds. Dope. So, yeah. Can't be grazing all day long. 
We're not built that way. Oh, boy. That was the thing for a while. Did this you know just small uh, right, amounts of right, food? Right, right, right. Did you know not only do you have a clock like in your brain, we all have an internal clock. You've heard that, right? And we have an internal clock. Each of our organs has its own internal clock. Wow. For turning on and turning off. How interesting is that? Fascinating. They, they verified that with science. My yeah. spleen is on Greenwich Mean Time, which causes all <laughs> sorts of problems. Yeah, my kidneys don't believe in daylight savings time. <laughs> right. So part of the year... They're like Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get the news now with Marshall Phillips. Well, we got a number of prominent conservatives saying they're victims of shadow banning on Twitter. Several officials and Republican lawmakers are not appearing in the social media site's auto-populated drop-down search results. And it's got those affected fuming. President Trump tweeting this morning, Twitter shadow banning prominent Republicans not good. We will look into this discriminatory and illegal practice at once. Many complaints. You know, there are a number of studies. This doesn't get enough attention. There are a number of studies, and it's been printed in the Washington Post, New York Times, or else, that the effect of the various things that happened on Twitter and Facebook and social media was very, very small on the election. There was a lot of jerking around with Facebook and Twitter and that sort of stuff and fake news, this and that, and banning this person and raising that person, whatever. But the actual effect on people's voting, they think, was very small. Mm. Hardly any. So, I don't know, where does that leave us on the conversation? I'm not that worried about it. I never have been. I'm much more worried about material hacking. Now, the trying to divide us and and whip us up against each other, I am concerned about that, but... No, I don't. I don't think it's uh, the cause that a lot of people seem to. Well, Republican Party Chairwoman Ronna McDaniel wouldn't agree. She said the suppression of political points of view should concern every American, and that Twitter owes the public answers immediately. Well, I agree with that. Just sure. because they're passing themselves off as an open platform, right? When they got a bunch of twenty-seven tech, the twenty-seven-year-old tech nerds who uh, swing liberal, and they they try to cheat conservatives all the time. Yeah, it's annoying, and they ought to be called to account for it. But, you know, it's not going to keep me up tonight. As for Twitter, it acknowledged the complaints and said they're trying to make a change to their algorithms, and they'll try and do that today. Well, remember we had the listener last week who got banned from Twitter for having a tweet that mentioned that illegal aliens are criminals because crossing right. the border illegally is a crime. Right. Well, he got banned from Twitter. You today- can't have that that opinion? That's a, it's a fairly common political opinion. Yeah, go ahead and tweak that algorithm, Twitter. Today is the deadline for the Trump administration to reunite... Wow, wait a minute. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The Today Show is back on Beach Umbrellas impaling you. <laughs> Honest to God. That's three days in a row, isn't it? Well, did the person, did somebody die? <laughs> yeah, some lady died. Oh. But, but okay. umbrella flew through the air in the wind, and then did it go clear through her? Well, impaled... Does it have to go through you to be called impaled? Either, uh, otherwise, you'd just be stabbed. I yeah, believe. that'd be horrific. Um, be horrific yeah. to see, also. But that's what's that called? Uh, notability bias or, or whatever. That the most uncommon, wild, unlikely events get the most attention. Sure, because they're the most notable. What's the level of risk for most people of being impaled by a beach umbrella today? First of all, well, you'd have to be on a beach where right. umbrellas are. Or present have to be a windy beach, and, and the vast majority of us aren't going to do that. You so have like, to be downwind. Only one percent <laughs> right. of us are even going to have the opportunity. Then, right, a one in a gazillion 
compared to lightning strikes sort of right. thing would have to happen, right. even if you're at a beach. Right. The proverbial, you know, it's as likely as my favorite one is getting balled by a mauled by a polar bear and a regular bear in the same day. <laughs> <laughs> Today's the deadline for the Trump administration to reunite illegal immigrant families separated at the border. The government's been ordered to reunite over 2,500 children with their parents by today. I'm worried know? about the illegal kids being impaled by umbrellas. Me too. Me too. They don't deserve that. Uh, do you know there are many hundreds of parents who elected to go back to the home country and leave the kids God, in I America? I can't imagine Nobody's doing that. Nobody's talking about that. I would never do that. You can't portray the, the dividing the kids into moms and dads up for a couple of weeks, which right. I grant you is not cool. It's not oh, good. No. I don't like it. Nobody likes it. But the idea that it's some unspeakable, unspeakable humanitarian horror, right? And that what the country has become Nazi Germany, the rest of it, all that claptrap. When the parents are then willingly saying, "Yeah, we'll leave them behind in America. That's fine. They can stay with aunt, the, you know, their aunt and uncle or whoever the government turns them loose to. We'll uh, we'll catch up with them down the road." Both things can't be true. And of course, we have we've talked to folks who work in in Latin America who say that sort of thing is really super common. It's it's just yeah. it's not nearly the the excruciating, uh, tear jerking, garment tearing horror that some people are portraying it as. Want to give you an update on this case? An Oregon high school student, or rather, school. The Oregon high school will pay a student twenty five thousand dollars after suspending him for wearing a shirt in support of President Trump's border wall. The shirt that got Addison Barnes in trouble with Liberty High. Said border, Ironic. Wall, said border Wall Construction Company and quoted Trump bragging about the size of the wall. The 18-year-old sued the school in the district, claiming his First Amendment rights were violated. Because they were. As part of the settlement, the school isn't only paying Barnes, the principal will deliver a letter of apology. What about the $25, whole... $25,000? Yes. That just seems weird to me. Then. What about the whole keeping order in the classroom? Yeah, though? If that's... it's going to cause fights, take it off. We're trying to teach math here. And why do you get $25,000? Oh, that just seems strange. Uh, the trouble with that keeping... We're going to have a mosh pit and make the principal pay for it. <laughs> I get that keeping order thing, but I'm guessing nobody would think it causes a problem if you wore a uh, universal health care for everybody is our right t-shirt. Right. Of course. That half the class might think is doesn't agree with. Classic example of the heckler's veto. If you wear a liberal message, conservatives will roll their eyes and go about their business. If you sport a t-shirt with a conservative message, liberals will go crazy and screech at you and claim you're a bad person and weep and hold demonstrations and the rest of it. Therefore, we cannot permit conservative messages. That's the heckler's veto. Answering the question, which digital assistant is the smartest, there's a new study out that finds Google Assistant is the smartest of them all. I'm still asking Jeeves. Is anybody else still doing that? (laughs) What's the Google Assistant's name? I've never used the Google Assistant. I just say Google, okay, Google, is what what you say, and the assistant pops up. Can you get Watson, the famous IBM system that's like analyzing every bit of cancer research, uh, you know, every moment? Can I get that? Mm, That'd be cool. We'll we'll probably soon all have that, right? Yeah, yeah. That'll be crazy. Google was followed by Siri, Alexa, and Cortana. The Loop Ventures study had researchers ask the four digital assistants 800 questions each. 
Turns out all four were really good at understanding the questions. Google understood 100% of them. Siri, 99%. Microsoft's Cortana and Amazon's Alexa, 98%. Alexa's an idiot. You heard me. (laughs) Google Assistant correctly answered... Alexa, order 50 pounds of dog biscuits. We haven't done that for a while. (laughs) Google Assistant correctly answered 85% of the questions. Siri answered 78%. Alexa, 61%. And Cortana only managed to get 52%. Can we get into a womp womp? Alexa battles break out on our house, and I always just end up unplugging it. That's it. (laughs) Between the two kids and my wife and everybody, Alexa, turn it to volume four. Alexa, turn it to volume three. That's too loud. Alexa, change the song. I don't like this one. Alexa, and I just, ah! Wow. That's it. I'm unplugging it. Oh, boy. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Oh. That was loud. Wow. It's a Liberty Bell. So's the cry of the American people for liberty, Jack. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Thank you, Michael, for reminding us what's important. (laughs) Playing that that sound really loud. Is that what he's doing? (laughs) So the diet stuff I can hit quickly for you. Uh, Pakistan's about to elect a new president who's running on hating the United States. Oh, but the United States, big win in trade. The the Trumpmeister. Europe, uh, U.S., come to a big agreement. Europe blinked. When's China going to blink? Probably a long time. Different nut to crack. We'll talk about that a little bit. It's wedding season. I have this year's list of banned songs from uh, weddings. Brides saying, do not play this song at my wedding or I will poke your eyes out. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. just carried out another mass execution this month. Whoa. This is the way they do it in Japan. See, do you remember that death cult they had in Japan for a while, and they had that Tokyo subway attack? Yeah, the ricin attacks, right? Anyway, they... Uh, they that be- weird old long-haired dude, I remember him. They were all given uh, the death sentence, and they've been killing them in chunks, and they uh, hung six more of them yesterday. They, they hang people? They hang people in Japan, and they hang a whole bunch at once. Man, it's like the Old West, one of those gallows with half a dozen nooses you'd see when they'd hang the, what do you call it, gang. Horse thievery and bank robbing. At some point, I want to discuss yet another genre of humor that probably should go away. Uh, The idea of uh, calling a certain sort of t-shirt a wife beater. Mm. We discussed that a while back. Does that make any sense? doesn't really. Uh, It does, but it's dark. There's another that sort of thing I want to talk about. Mm. But as guys who make edgy jokes, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm, well, I'll, I'll I, stay tuned. And I agree with this one too. I think maybe I'm getting soft. I don't know. Um, we like to do the late night joke off when there's a really big news story, and a bunch of the late night comedians take it on in humor form. And here's what we do: uh, we have me, Joe Getty, grade each one of the comedians' efforts, and the bottom grade getter is banned from comedy for life. <laughs> Had a little bit of trouble getting that to stick. But we'll keep trying. Unleash the alleged jokes. CNN released a recording of Trump and his lawyer talking about using hush money to cover up his affair with Playboy model Karen McDougal. Response. 
Trump was like, oh, no, Stormy Daniels might find out I cheated on her. President Trump's former lawyer, Michael Cohen, last night released a secret recording of a conversation he had with Trump in 2016 about paying off a Playboy model who claimed to have had an affair with him. Oh, that'll be the end of him, said Americans two years ago and a year and a half ago and a year ago and eight months ago and four months ago and a hundred other times. I love that the secret Playboy affair hush money tape is the evidence to help Trump. Yeah. I mean, it can, but you have to admit, it'll probably make an awkward dinner with Melania. You know, it's just like, great news, honey. The tape about my second mistress totally gets me off the hook. <laughs> like, wow, everything coming up, Melania. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we, ha- we have our results. <clears throat> Uh-oh, there is that problem with the third guy, though. Mm, That's right. We'll get to that. <laughs> Fallon, a C minus, and I, I, that's generous because he's a likable chap. <laughs> Seth Meyers, B minus, that was amusing and fairly even handed politically. Mm-hmm. So upgraded. Uh, 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 Trevor Noah, A minus. Of course, he is downgraded a full letter grade for being a foreigner. <laughs> How dare you? But that was a really funny joke and well delivered. Uh, that Jeff Sessions clip there. Oh, that so we Jimmy Fallon is ban- banned for life. That clip we just played, who's got that? How dare, How dare you? Uh, somebody said yesterday, he sounds like a human speaking speaking spell. <laughs> this well, is a, a cow. The cow <laughs> says, moo. Moo. The cow says, moo. Uh, How we, dare you? And we were also reminded that the full phrase from the uh, Corey Lewandowski womp womp tape is, How absolutely dare you? <laughs> So many people snack and graze from roughly the time they wake up until shortly before they go to bed, which uh, researchers believe is a change in our lifestyle. And I hadn't thought about it much, but once I read that, I thought when I was a kid, we uh, we got done with dinner. We didn't eat anymore the rest of the day. Nobody did. No. Um, we, were, so we were done like 630, and that was that. Well, that's the way we're built, they think. Uh, lots of different research pointing in that direction. That's why restricted eating diets have become so popular. The idea of what are you doing, Sean? Uh, time restricted eating is but like eight to uh, yeah eight in the morning until seven at night. That's a common one. Jimmy Kimmel's doing noon to six, which would be really hard to pull off, especially the noon part. <sighs> um, the average person eats over a fifteen-hour or longer period each day, starting with something like milk and coffee shortly after rising, and then ending with a glass of wine, a late-night meal, or a handful of chips or nuts or some other snack. Nuts? I can't even eat nuts before right, I go to so, bed. Right, so a big part of this, and the people who do it to the T, you're not even supposed to drink coffee before it, because it's not necessarily the calories you're drinking, it's anything that your body has to metabolize. It's yeah. the it's the, the time that you're, you're triggering your body to say, okay, it's time to start doing X. Mm. The pattern of eating conflicts with our biological rhythm. Scientists have long known that the human body has a master clock in the brain located in the hypothalamus that governs our sleep-wake cycles. We knew that, but a couple of decades ago, researchers discovered there's not just one clock in the body, but a whole bunch of them. What would you think of Thalamus for a little boy's name? Oh, that's cute. <laughs> you can just see him with a little... Call him Thal. Tussle there. Yeah. Every organ has an internal clock that governs its daily cycle activity. During the day, the pancreas increases its production of uh, hormone insulin, which controls blood sugar levels, then slows down at night. The gut has a clock that regulates the daily ebb and flow of enzymes. My right lung knocks off at 4 p.m. <laughs> kind, of, kind of annoying. <laughs> I'm out of here. 
These daily rhythms are so ingrained that they are programmed in our DNA. Studies show that in every organ, thousands of genes switch on and switch off at roughly the same time every day. We've inhabited this planet for thousands of years. A lot of things have changed, but one thing's constant. Sunrise and sunset, and our bodies are tuned to that. And uh, so our, they know for a fact that our organs switch on and switch off at the same time every single day. So when you eat makes a difference. The rhythm exists just because just like our brains need to go to sleep each night to repair, reset, and rejuvenate, every organ needs to have downtime to repair and reset as well. Never thought about that, but it makes perfectly good sense. Of course, yeah. Every, your organs need a little break. I think this may be leading toward uh, our conclusion is this is a perfect example of the modern world being at odds with the way we're built yeah, as a beast. Yeah, no kidding. Most yeah. of the evidence in humans suggests that consuming the bulkier food earlier in the day is better for your health um, because that's when your organs are up and running and doing everything like that. Um, blood sugar control is best in the morning, worst in the evening. We burn more calories and digest food more efficiently in the morning than we do later in the day, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Interesting. You know, so I'm noodling this through. I'll bet everybody is noodling this through as you're, as you're reading it to us or telling us about it and thinking, well, I can't do that because I've got to, you know, I'm drinking coffee in the morning. I've got to get something in my belly to have the energy to do the show, blah, 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 blah. It all, it, it all has to do with work. Yep. I'm picturing now if I wasn't working, could probably just quit coffee. Judy and I, when we're up in the mountains, first thing we do is take Baxter on a long, long walk before we eat or drink anything except and, water. And just because you we can't... We have no time. Okay. Then what are we going to do? You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.